DeFi podcast presented by Conflux Network. Today we are joined by David Gogol from DYDX, a decentralized margin trading platform based on Ethereum. DYDX allows users to borrow, lend, and make advanced trades on the future prices of popular tokens. In today's episode, we will talk about their new L2 launch with Starkware, their latest funding round, and how DYDX wants to bring trading tools normally found in fiat markets to the world of blockchain. If this is your first time tuning in, I'm your host Sammy, representing OpenDeFi a global alliance initiated by Conflux Network, which is a new layer one blockchain protocol. OpenDeFi unites the smartest minds in decentralized finance to build new bridges between Western and Asian communities and economies. Without further ado, let's jump into our call with David. Thanks, David, for joining us. Um, I guess to kick things off, it'd be great if you can introduce DYTX to those who are not familiar with your with your project and uh, a quick background on your involvement with it, with DYTX. Sure. Um, hey, everyone, and thanks for having me. My name is David Gogel, and I'm currently the growth lead at DYDX. Uh, I joined the company last summer uh, and have been in the crypto industry for the last five years or so. Um, DYDX is a, a small team and uh, we all wear a lot of different hats, but I'm mostly responsible for international growth, business development, marketing, operations, strategy, and some product. Um, you know, DYDX overall is a leading decentralized exchange built by developers on a mission to build an open platform for advanced crypto financial products powered by the Ethereum blockchain. Uh, we offer perpetuals, margin, and spot trading, as well as borrow lend pools. Uh, DYDX runs on audited smart contracts on Ethereum, uh, allowing traders to stay in control of their assets uh, at all times. Um, our products empower more traders in more places to trade transparent and fair financial products, to better manage risk, to more efficiently allocate capital, uh, and express, you know, more complex opinions on price and volatility. Um, you know, 2020 was a, a huge year for us. We built and launched our first protocol for perpetual contracts, um, saw many thousands of new traders use our products and increased our trade volume by about 40X. Uh, in the second half of last year, we built uh, a new product for cross-margin perpetual contracts on layer two powered by Starkware $0 rollups. Um, in total, we've raised $22 million in venture funding uh, and are backed by uh, leading venture capitalists like A16Z, Polychain Capital, Fierro's Capital, Defiance Capital, and many others. And you know, to date, we've had over $5 billion in cumulative volume uh, transacted on our platform and on average have about $50 million in daily traded volume. Awesome, yeah. So basically to summarize DYDX in a few words, it's a decentralized leverage trading platform, right? Uh, what makes this DYDX decentralized and what is the unique value you get from, from DeFi derivatives over CeFi alternatives like FTX, for example? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, we believe we've built uh, one of the most robust platforms for decentralized trading in the world. And our engineering caliber is really outstanding. You know, we think we, we combine the security and transparency of a DEX 
uh, with the speed and usability of a, a centralized exchange like FTX. Um, you know, ultimately what we're trying to build is a, a powerful and professional exchange for trading crypto assets where users can truly own their trades and, you know, eventually the exchange itself. Um, you know, as I mentioned, unlike centralized exchanges, DYDX runs on audited smart contracts uh, on Ethereum, allowing our traders to stay uh, in control of their assets at all time. Uh, we have somewhat of a unique uh, structure that we call a, a hybrid DEX infrastructure, which basically combines non-custodial on-chain settlements uh, with an off-chain low latency matching engine and order books. And so this structure allows us to provide you know, a trading experience that is lightning fast, but really while maintaining the uh, core benefits of, of non-custody. Yeah, totally. And, and like you mentioned earlier, it's the the volume numbers you guys have seen in 2021 has just been crazy, right? Um, so I imagine that it's not too far off where you reach a stage where you're catching up with some of these other players. Um, something about Open DeFi. So DYDX was one of the first global members to join the Open DeFi Alliance. Could you speak a little bit on on what intrigued you and the importance of Open DeFi for a growing platform like yours? Uh, that's a great question. So yeah, we, you know, as you said, uh, we, you know, we're excited to be an inaugural member of uh, Conflux Network's Open DeFi Alliance. Um, it's great, been a great uh, group to be a part of, and uh, you know, we're helping to cross promote innovation, risk management, and liquidity initiatives with other DeFi players. I think our main motivation was really to bridge kind of the gap between. Eastern and Western DeFi players, um, you know, I think uh, we've been very focused on driving growth in certain international markets and driving adoption of our, our products in, in China in particular. And so Open DeFi has just been a, a great platform for us to collaborate with, with other players who are interested in bridging the gap between East and West. Yeah, totally. I want to talk more about the, the Starkware layer two integration, right? So you guys obviously recently announced um, that you're adding this L2 integration and, you know, thinking on like the, everyone's talking about L2 and DeFi, right? But no one's really, you guys are probably one of the first movers on, on actually going live on L2. Um, could you, could you go over your reasoning? I guess when you guys were working on this, this was a while back, right? Uh, before obviously we ran into uh, the recent scalability issues. Could you speak on your reasoning and like how much you value layer two integrations and and what exactly Starkware enables for DYDX now? Yeah, that's a great question. So obviously, um, you know, layer two is a hot topic right now. I would say, especially since last summer where uh, Ethereum gas prices were uh, increasing really rapidly with the advent of liquidity mining, um, you know, high gas prices really impacted Kind of the user experience on on our decks and kind of in DeFi more broadly so we made the decision last summer uh to form a partnership with starkware to build a layer two protocol for cross-margin perpetuals based on uh starkware's starkx scalability engine uh and dydx's perpetual smart contracts um you know this solution uh which we launched in in alpha last week 
uh, has you know a lot of significant improvements over our layer one product. Um, you know, just to name a few, we effectively are able to offer uh, perpetuals with zero gas costs for trading, uh, lower trade fees and minimum order sizes, uh, really a, an instant trading experience, advanced order types, liquid order books, um, you know, cross margining, which I mentioned, and then uh, up to 25 times leverage. Um, so this is really a, a significant improvement, uh, you know, relative to our layer one perpetuals product. And certainly, you know, we think at this point we've, we've built one of the best products uh, in DeFi that leverages, you know, a scalability solution. Um, to dig a little deeper, you know, in terms of the technology, so Starkware's, um, you know, ZK Starks tech is, is a form of what's called a, a ZK rollup, um, which effectively increases uh, settlement speed uh, while you know, being backed by the security guarantees of Ethereum on, on layer one. Um, you know, Starkware's DYDX integration combines what's called Stark proofs for data integrity um, with on-chain data availability to ensure that we maintain uh, you know, a fully non-custodial protocol. So in essence, you know, a user uh, makes, uh, has to deposit funds onto our layer two from their layer one uh, wallet addresses. Uh, they're then making trades, which are settled on the layer two system, which publishes zero knowledge proofs periodically to uh, an Ethereum smart contract in order to prove that, uh, you know, those state transitions within layer two are valid. Um, so, you know, as I mentioned, there's a number of, um, you know, benefits to, to the structure, but over the last eight months or so, we've built an entirely new product and trading system uh, for these cross margin perpetuals really from uh, the ground up, um, you know, and the product overall features uh, in, an improved interface, really, you know, truly instant trading uh, and all the advanced features that traders expect uh, from CFI, but really uh, in the context of a, a, a decentralized exchange. Um, so, you know, again, we, we launched our alpha last week. Uh, you can sign up for the alpha on our website at dydx.exchange. Um, you know, we've had over 80,000 users sign up for the wait list so far. Um, and we'll be launching kind of in full production over the coming weeks once uh, the stability of the system has been, you know, thoroughly tested. Um, and just to be clear, you know, perpetuals, um, you know, are not available to users or residents of, of the United States uh, for, for regulatory reasons. We're really focused on uh, offering those perpetuals to, to people uh, located um, in other DeFi is to make these isolated markets like China more accessible, right? Um, obviously, you mentioned that it's such an important market to enter. Could you speak a little bit more on why you think China is such an important uh, region in DeFi? And what are you guys doing currently to expand your efforts there? It's a great question. You know, overall, I would say China is an extremely important market for DYDX, uh, for DeFi and the global cryptocurrency industry. Um, you know, we're committed to long-term success in China and are investing heavily in growth there. 
Um, you know, we're constantly refining how to better serve the, the local market. So to date, you know, we've translated our front end trading application and uh, help desk into Mandarin uh, for Chinese based IP addresses. Uh, we've developed partnerships with several leading uh, Chinese wallet providers like IM Token, Token Pocket, and Map Wallet, among others. Um, you know, we we've also set up uh, several official Chinese WeChat accounts where we have uh, several hundred members uh, and community members asking uh, questions. And then, you know, as I mentioned, we recently hired uh, Iran Tao, uh, who is our first employee to join. Uh, DYDX and is located uh, internationally, and she's focused on driving growth in, in Greater China. Um, you know, and it's it's really great to see a lot of our our efforts. Uh, you know, the results of our efforts. Uh, you know, I would say China is quickly becoming one of our largest markets, if not the largest. Uh, you know, we published some stats on Twitter based on the number of users who signed up for our alpha waitlist, but uh, you know, over 70% of users for our waitlist came from China. Uh, you know, that's about 60,000 people or so. Um, so, you know, we're really excited to be able to provide, um, you know, a, a top-notch decentralized trading experience to uh, Chinese DeFi users. DX. And like you mentioned, China is such an important market for you at growing there, especially considering um, you know, China's China, the China market in general is one of the biggest trading communities, especially when it comes to derivatives, right? Um, what are some other plans for 2021 uh, in terms of like expanding geographically? And what other markets other than China are you looking to enter this year? Uh, that's a great question. So, you know, our, our user base today is global. Um, and, you know, we are committed to investing in uh, strategic international growth markets, um, you know, such as Asia more broadly. Um, so, so far, you know, we've translated our, our application and, and help desks into Mandarin, Korean, Japanese, and Russian. Um, and we're, we're focused on, uh, you know, other markets where uh, there's large user bases of uh, traders who are currently trading perpetuals uh, in, in in C5, um, you know, in terms of other plans for 2021. So, you know, in January, we announced our $10 million Series B round led by Spears Capital and, and Defiance Capital. Um, and as part of that round, we announced that we would use that additional capital, uh, you know, to decentralize more parts of our, our technical stack uh, and hand over more control of our protocol to our users. Uh, you know, we'll spend some capital on rapidly adding uh, new assets and features to our perpetual contracts um, on our, our layer two solution. Uh, we'll continue to partner with infrastructure players who are bridging the gap between uh, CFI and DeFi. And then we'll also continue to hire, you know, world-class engineers, designers, and business operators as we scale our team uh, to deliver you know, uh, on our objectives and, and overall mission. Yeah, for sure. And I think with with DeFi projects, it's a bit more specifically like derivatives projects like DUIDX, um, 
the regulations are just so unclear, right? And like you mentioned with Series B, you're looking at uh, connecting DYDX with more centralized players, obviously not at the product level, but more at the, uh, uh, just as, as far as like marketing and building out the idea, right? W what are your, what is your view on the future of DeFi in general, working with regulators to make sure DYDX and other DeFi protocols can stay compliant, especially as you branch out into new markets and uh, a new user base? So yeah, that's a great question. And I think it impacts, you know, DeFi uh, more broadly. You know, I would say that at DYDX, we take uh, regulation and compliance uh, very seriously. Um, you know, DYDX has worked very closely with external counsel and then the legal teams that are our VCs to help structure uh, our products and services. So, you know, we only support uh, crypto to crypto trading. We don't support any, any fiat on ramps. Um, and we also don't provide perpetuals to US based IP addresses uh, or US uh, residents. Um, we also cap our, our margin product to uh, 28 days to comply with CFTC regulation. Um, you know, so that that's in terms of how we've structured our products and where, where we offer them. Um, we also recently hired our first in-house general counsel um, to help us, you know, more proactively examine regulatory concerns, which, you know, as you, you pointed out in, you know, pretty unclear in the, the, the De DeFi industry today, but are, you know, likely to emerge at some point and certainly will help uh, make the industry more mature and um, bring in kind of more traditional investors directly into the, the DeFi space. Yeah, the general counsel thing is interesting. I've been seeing a lot of protocols uh, go that route by hiring an in-house general counsel, right? Um, do you do you imagine as DeFi grows at the rate it's growing at, do you imagine that it'll catch more regulators' eyes? And do you imagine that that might be a roadblock that we come to in the near future? Or do you think that if uh, protocols keep on taking this route, working with regulators, uh, that we can have a more compliant DeFi in the future by just maybe limiting uh, certain regions and certain areas where they're not okay with it? Uh, I think my, my, my probably unpopular view is that, you know, regulation of some sort for DeFi is coming. Uh, you know, certainly DeFi is still small on a relative scale, right? Like total value locked in the industry is, you know, uh, depending on the day around like 40 billion uh, or so right now. Um, you know, so I think it's still small relative to the overall, you know, cryptocurrency industry more, more broadly, but it's certainly something that regulators around the world are um, keeping a close eye on and certainly becoming more, more educated on. Um, you know, I think the, the role of the industry is both to, um, you know, be transparent around both the opportunities and the risks that, that come about with, with DeFi. Um, you know, I think there are uh, obviously a number of benefits relative to traditional finance that are enabled by this whole ecosystem. Uh, but there's also, you know, both new risks that are uh, specific to DeFi and then, you know, 
existing risks with the traditional financial system that are uh, replicated in kind of DeFi capital markets, which, uh, you know, I think uh, it's just important for everyone to acknowledge that reality. Um, you know, ultimately, the hope is that DeFi as an industry self self regulates um, and continue to, you know, it's rapid experimentation around different business models and see what works what doesn't before, you know, I would say like the longer tail of mainstream users are actively participating in the DeFi ecosystem. Um, but ultimately, I think it's probably realistic that at some point regulators uh, will try to regulate the, the DeFi ecosystem in one way, shape or form. And so I think, uh, you know, as a leading DEX helping uh, to educate uh, regulators around the world, uh, around, you know, nuances and then being much more proactive in terms of, um, you know, bringing a, a general counsel in house and helping uh, us navigate the increasing regulatory risks that I think, uh, are emerging are, are, you know, key focuses for, for our general counsel and, and the team more broadly. Yeah, cool. I want to talk a bit about this tweet I saw the other day from DYDX. Record day with 192 million in daily trading volume <laughs> amidst all this crazy DeFi gas and DeFi trading. Um, and then you also crossed 5 billion in, in cumulative trading volume with half of that uh, coming from the start of 2021, right? Um, I wonder where is the majority of volume coming from? Is it from the spot market still or do you see majority of your volume coming from more advanced traders uh, like the perpetual market, like you mentioned, or are most, are most of the traders still sticking to like spot markets considering that a lot of DeFi users are most familiar with like an AMM type exchange, right? Where it's very simple to, to swap assets. Yeah, that's a great question. So, it, you know, DYDX has been around for more than three years now and the products that we offer ha have evolved over time. Uh, you know, I think our our early days were really um, based on our, our margin product and our, our borrower lend pools. And, you know, we only launched uh, spot markets last year um, and also only launched perpetuals last year. I think if you look at the data for 2020, right, like most of our 2020 volume, um, what was like tied to our margin product and people taking you know, leverage long or leverage uh, short positions through, through margin. Uh, but, you know, over the course of last year, we definitely saw uh, growing market share uh, in terms of our overall trading volumes from our perpetuals product. Um, you know, I think in December, about 40% or so of total volumes were tied to perpetuals. Um, you know, I think going forward, we really view perpetuals and synthetics as the core growth driver for us, um, you know, so at this time, you know, our layer two will only support uh, kind of perpetual trading. We don't have, you know, immediate plans to uh, bring spot or margin to layer two. Um, we just think, you know, derivatives and synthetics are just a, a much larger um, addressable market for us. So that's where we're, we're currently focused on. And certainly with 
you know, all of the improvements that come with layer two that I mentioned, I think it's, it's fair to say that we, you know, we expect perpetual volumes as a percent of our total volumes to scale very, very rapidly. And I, the reason, obviously, for the reason that you're going to stick with perpetuals on L2 and not SPART, for example, is it's not technical constraints, right? That's just more in the roadmap. Um, do you think that, like, by moving to layer two, uh, it enables new use cases of DYDX? Like, for example, could we ever see an AMM type exchange on, on DYDX, considering that you guys have always, always stuck with, like, the order book model, right? Um, do you think that maybe introducing AMMs could make the, this process a bit more simpler for people who are in the DeFi space? And like, what are some reasons that you believe that sticking with the order book model is, is more efficient for, for your product over AMMs? That's a great question and a question that we get a lot. I think if you look at the broader deck space, you know, um, a lot of um, other players have adopted AMMs. Um, you know, I think for us in our use case around uh, derivatives and leverage trading for, you know, the top uh, traded assets out there, I think we have just a fundamental belief that order books are uh, a true and tested model for capital formation and provide for lower slippage and higher performance than um, AMMs. So, you know, as I mentioned, our, our hybrid infrastructure today has this, uh, you know, non-custodial um, on-chain settlement and then an off-chain low latency uh, matching engine with order books. Uh, you know, what that means is that we're able to deliver uh, an institutional grade liquid and low slippage trading experience for the DeFi world. Um, you know, we're... I think our approach really reduces the barriers for uh, to entry for traditional market makers to uh, to participate and provide you know liquidity uh, sustainability over over the long run. Um, you know I think with layer two and even in on our layer one product, you know market when when a market maker submits a trade and it's it's matched. Settlement is really, you know, deterministic. You don't have to wait, uh, you know, for the potential of a, a, a trade reversion. And so I would say, you know, so far, market makers on DYDX have been primarily, you know, algorithmic focused. And so they, you know, they connect programmatically via our, our, our APIs. Um, you know, more recently, we've seen, I would say, increased appetite for, from market makers that are active in uh, the CFI space. And, you know, I think overall the DYDX team is, you know, feels like we've developed, you know, very robust APIs for market makers and developers to provide scalable and, you know, programmatic access to, to our marketplace. Um, you know, so I think overall we're, we still view order books as, as uh, the best model for uh, for us, I do think you know with layer two, uh, certainly with um, the reduction in, in, in gas fees, you know we continue to look at what uh, works with uh, other players in the space, and you know we think we have one of the best engineering teams that you know uh, at some point we 
could potentially consider, um, you know, alternative forms for, for capital formation. But so far, I would say we're pretty excited about the potential for growth with uh, an order book model. Mm -hmm, for sure. And um, beyond just like the order books and how the product works in general, I want to talk a bit about like the assets that DYDX offers, right? So correct me if I'm wrong here, but at least on, on the Ethereum L1, DYDX offers USDC, DAI, Ethereum, BTC, and Link, right? So how important is it to the team to start exploring new assets that to your platform? Even like beyond regular ERC-20s, do you have your eyes on other types of assets that you can introduce to the DeFi market? Absolutely. So, you know, on our on our solo protocol, you know, we only support, uh, you know, our, our margin spot borrow lens, we only support ETH, uh, USDC and DAI. And really we won't be adding or, you know, new assets there. Uh, but for our new cross margin perpetuals, uh, you know, we'll act, we'll be launching uh, many more markets, uh, you know, it, over the coming weeks and months. So, you know, during our alpha period, we only support perpetuals for, for BTC USD, ETH USD and Link USD. Uh, with many more pairs, you know, in the pipeline. Um, I would say over the course of 2021, we're targeting about 30 to 50 new perpetual contracts. Uh, and we're really focused on listing, you know, your top DeFi tokens, as well as uh, the most created, you know, cryptocurrency pairs by, by volume. Um, you know, ultimately, um, with this new layer two system, all of our perpetuals are going to be settled and margined in USDC um, and will allow kind of deposits and withdrawals uh, with any other ERC-20 through an integration with uh, 0x API. Uh, but then, you know, in terms of new markets that we can create, really the key dependency there is, is there, uh, you know, a robust enough Oracle uh, for us to create a synthetic contract around. And so, you know, radically, we could really list perpetuals for, for anything that has an Oracle system. And so, you know, we're, I would say we're focused on uh, listing the, the pairs and the, the types of products that our users want to trade uh, and not focused on really listing kind of the long tail of, uh, of assets that, that have, you know, low trading volume. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, to wrap things up here, can you uh, give the community a bit of sense on how they can get involved with DYDX, where they can find you, uh, where they can obviously uh, start trading on DYDX and how they can get more involved? I know you mentioned that you have a, a big waiting list now for the L2 Alpha, um, but yeah, just a general uh, general guide on how they can dive right into DYDX. Yeah, so I think, I mean, the easiest way is, is really to join our Alpha. Um, you know, over the coming weeks, we've been removing people uh, in daily batches to test out our product. And then again, in a few weeks, we'll have a full public launch where anyone will be able to join uh, and, and trade for patrols. Um, you know, another way to get involved is really to join our Discord, uh, which is where most of our community uh, is very active um, and, and a great place to kind of get educational content. Uh, you know, I would check out our web, our new website. We announced a completely redesigned brand and landing page where we provide a ton of information uh, in our FAQs on 
layer two and our, our, our new perpetual contracts. Uh, you can follow us on, on, uh, on Twitter uh, at DYDX Protocol. We have a YouTube channel now where we're increasingly focused on uh, you know, providing education content on how to trade perpetuals. Um, and then, you know, for users based in China, uh, we've also been very active in terms of localizing our, our community there. Uh, we have several hundred uh, community members in our WeChat group. And, um, you know, we hired our first international employee to join the team uh, as our China growth lead based in Shanghai. And so, uh, you know, for users in China that are looking to get involved, we're also uh excited to provide you know more localized content there as well awesome yeah i mean i've been i've been a user of dydx for a long time and it's 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 awesome to see how you guys grow so quickly and, and keep innovating in the space um i'm sure we're gonna have to do another interview in a couple of months to talk about all the new things that you guys are doing from here um but yeah thanks so much for joining us david uh, i think it was a great chat first thanks